Hello, I'm Emma Florio. I'm a project cataloger at Chicago History Museum, and I'm a member of the Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee. And I'm here with Virginia Jung, who is the community archivist at the Benedictine Sisters. And we're here to talk about Chicago Open Archives and her experience with it. Hi, Virginia. Thanks for coming to talk with us about your collection and COA. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. First, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role as archivist in your collection? Sure. I am a Benedictine sister, Mm -hmm. so I'm a member of the community, and our collection essentially contains material about our history, which dates from 1861. We were founded in Chicago, and it contains information on individual sisters' lives as well as community history, liturgy, um, governance. Mm -hmm. And how is it generally used? Is it used by the community itself, or do outside researchers come in? Its main use is by the community itself for uh, information about sisters' lives when they've died Mm -hmm. to write obituaries, Mm -hmm. and also to tell the story of our community in different ways through social media now. And we have one history that goes up to 1961, and we are looking at writing a sequel, so Mm. We want things in good order so that that can be done. Very good. And why did you first decide to participate in Chicago Open Archives? I actually went, I just started working with our archives two years ago, about one day a week. And so last summer, I really just went to the workshop because it was at a time of day I could go. Mm -hmm. I could rarely participate in CAA activities because of my work schedule. So I went to the workshop and... It was at DePaul University, and the archivists there gave examples and were very encouraging, and I thought, yeah, I can do this. Can you tell us about your experience with it once you had officially signed up? Sure. So I had an idea uh, to do an open archives. The theme was looking for clues. So I had an idea to do it about one of our sisters who I had known uh, in life, And I knew there was material from her collection that hadn't been processed yet that was, like, on the to-do list. She also had done a lot of work in prison ministry and had helped me a lot when I was writing speeches against the death penalty. She had helped me with research. And I did some prison ministry myself. So her story was personally important to Mm me. So doing this event could help me do, you know, push me to get that done. And also she's was someone who was very much beloved in community. Mm-hmm. So I knew people will come to this. People will really be interested in, in this story. I asked for permission to do it, to do the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then immediately, because I am a lone arranger, they call mm-hmm. it when you're the only person on your staff, I right away talked to my community casually to make it clear this was a community event. And I would encourage people to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you're even if you're just by yourself in your archives, you're holding someone's story mm-hmm. and talk to them about the event and get their participation and help with it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, I think it would be hard to carry it off. Everything that was there was labeled, it was protected, it was labeled exactly what it is, and people could pick it up and really look at it. Mm-hmm and examine it. Because you need you do need to do that. I think mm-hmm. to, archival materials aren't, it's not like going in and seeing a big painting at a museum. Usually it's something smaller, more detailed, and to you can glance at it, but to really delve into it, you do have to pick it up. You know, that worked fine. I put little tents on the table 
that had questions, what is this, what does it tell us, what questions does it raise, so that someone just, even if they're not even talking to anyone, interiorly could have that conversation mm -hmm. with themselves about what they're looking at and, and hopefully deepen the experience for mm -hmm. them or wake up some curiosity in them about mm -hmm. the history. People enjoyed the exhibit, and then we had the performance at the, about the last half hour. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who organized it, they really had the arc of Miriam's life in the, in the readings they selected. It was very moving. And uh, Lisa Wagner is the director of Still Point Theater. She's the person who workshopped it. Uh, and her friend, James Cornolo, is a, a musician. So mm -hmm. he used music from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, which also helped to tell the story. And people enjoyed it very much. I would say people enjoyed the performance or were more into the performance probably than the exhibit, uh, which I understand because uh, it's live people. But they were, you know, it was a way for Miriam, I called it Miriam in her own words. So it was a way for like Miriam to be present in the event. And since then, there haven't been more people coming in to use the archives. There have there has been more interest in the community, though, and more recognition that the archives are there and thinking about their own materials, um, right. you know, sisters who are alive and with us today, thinking mm -hmm. about their own life and their own materials and what they could save and send over. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your experience with COA or why people should sign up for it or just go to it as a guest? I think, I think for archivists, if they're just even thinking about it, it is a really great way to do outreach even within your organization mm -hmm. where you're archiving. Um, you know, for the theater performance, I got sisters in our community to agree to read transcripts of talks Miriam had given or read old articles she, that she had had published or even a paper she wrote as a student mm -hmm. and kind of distill that, find the heart of it and present it to the community. So they were reminded about their own history, you know, things that were happening in the 70s and the 80s in our community. Um, and, and that was really enriching for them. I had other people who agreed to help me uh, move tables, set up the exhibit in the dining room. And so all of those things, if you have people who maybe they just like to do hospitality and greet the visitors and get them organized, that, you know, your organization will take more ownership of the archives if you can reach out to them and get them to participate. Thank you again for coming, Virginia, and hopefully what you had to say will inspire others to participate in COA or at least visit one of the events in October. You're welcome. Yeah, I hope so, too. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Area Archivist COA podcast. We would like to thank Chicago Area Archivists, Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee, Engineer Allison Shine Holmes, and WFMT for their time and effort.